Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So, Matt, big news from the Lions front, Connor Murray, given the captaincy with the unfortunate injury of Alan Wynne-Jones. Would it be your selection? What do you make of that? I think it's a fascinating selection. And um, Warren Gatlin has probably got a bit of a history of naming captains that at times that we were weren't really ready for, you know, even... Even uh, when Sam Warburton was first named captain, there was a lot of raised eyebrows across England, Scotland and Ireland at that selection. Um, I think it tells us a lot about Gaddy's opinions of the players because he, he could have chosen the England captain in Farrell, the Scottish captain in Hogg, and you had the Ulster captain in Henderson there as well. And he went for Connor, who's, to my knowledge, not captain any senior side he might have captained at schoolboy and, and juniors levels when he was a kid but you know there's been a long time since Connor's if he has ever done it but it tells you how high he rates Connor and it tells you Connor's in the starting team that that was the big message for me because and it also says on the converse of that that Farrell and Hogg are not they're still fighting for their position because I don't think in a changing captain he would have put someone on into that leading role that he didn't believe was going to start the test. I personally wouldn't have picked Connor, but that is nothing against Connor. Oh, it was really that he didn't have any experience. He's a three-time tourist, great player, all-time great Irish player, uh, and probably the best, best box kicker in the world. So, again, it tells us something about Gaddy's um, tactics that he's going to use against South Africa. That box kick's obviously going to be a weapon. So um, very interesting uh, selection, you know, well done to Connor, something for he and his family, Munster and Ireland to be really proud of. Another Irish Lions captain. Wow, what a tradition Ireland as has you say, in that leadership. As you say, three times he's been on the Lions plane. He's done pretty well from a guy 18 months ago. You know, people were questioning his Ireland position and he's come through that and now to captain the Lions. It's pretty impressive, isn't it? It tells you the guy's a champion. I certainly questioned him. Um, he had a severe neck injury. Uh, he lost a lot of weight. I think it was on his left-hand side. I'm pretty certain. We, we could notice on TV when we were doing the commentary that his, his one side of his body, the center, I'm pretty certain it's his left-hand side, was, was smaller than his right. So, in other words, the neck injury had affected that side of his body and he wasn't the same player and he probably is not the same player he was uh you know five six years ago when he was really at the peak of his powers 
but he's fought hard. He's obviously got a champion's heart, didn't quit, kept hanging in there, despite what old buggers like me kept saying. And, uh, you know, full credit to, to Connor and, and what he's done and, and uh, what a great reward for him. And I, I certainly hope it goes wonderful for him. No one wishes anything for success for the team and, and for him. But it does show, you know, champions get up when they can't. That's the old story. Gene Tunney, the world heavyweight champion, said it in the 1920s, and it's still true today. You think he can't get up, he's on the ropes, he's beaten, and somehow a champion finds a way to get back to their feet and keep fighting. And uh, these captain of the Lions. If we look back at the Lions' first match against Japan, obviously got a win, a couple of injuries, as mentioned. It's been a bit disruptive, but what did you make of the performance on Saturday? It was, it was a very interesting performance. Um, I don't know we can make conclusions just yet. First game, no, first game they've all played together. First game in a long time against Japan. First time Japan have played in 18 months. So there, there were some worrying things. Um, very interesting from Japan. They got the ball out of the scrum really, really quickly, which sort of caught the, seemed to have caught the Lions uh, unexpected because they were constantly getting the gain line from the scrum. Um, they weren't scrummaging for penalties, which is wonderful. I love that about Japan. But the Lions' defence was giving ground on every set play. In late in the game, as fatigue set in, including lineouts, where uh, the Japanese were getting in four and five passes from a lineout before they met a Lions defender. I mean, that's just unheard of in the modern game. So there's plenty to work on there. I thought there were some great individual performances from the Lions. I thought from the Irish point of view, um, Furlong was outstanding. Um, a, a Byrne also had an excellent game. And the rest of the players, Henderson and, and Connor Murray, Connor made a few mistakes with his boot, but generally he, Aki and uh, uh, Robbie Henshaw all had very positive games. I thought the Lions weren't as dominant as they could have been. They scored tries really from Japanese uh, failures. They tried to pick the pace of the game up. They wanted to push their fitness, which I think they achieved. But later in the game, they showed they were struggling a bit with the pace of that game, which is a bit of a worry because at altitude, uh, you lose around somewhere between 12 and 15% of the oxygen playing at that level where they're going to play in Johannesburg compared to playing where they're used to at sea level. So in the back end of games, that really burns you. Like you, you are really, really struggling. Anyone that's played at altitude in South Africa knows that the last 20 minutes seem to take an hour and a half. So their fitness levels would be a worry. Their defence was a worry. And uh, their attack wasn't flowing. Now, I don't think any of that is hugely concerning. First game on tour, still trying to get themselves organised. And they've got another three weeks of games to get that organised. So we'd want to see those step up this week, even though it's a very different team they've selected this week. You want to see those areas improve. Because I think the opposition, well, I know the opposition, South African opposition will ask hugely different questions to what the Japanese ask. The Japanese will pace, uh, uh, rapid ball movement, lots of passes across the field, really, really uh, brilliantly with great skills but they don't bring the same level of physicality that the Africans will bring, the Lions will bring it, um, as, in, as in the Gauteng Lions, the, 
that will play against the British and Irish Lions will bring a level of physicality that uh, is a significant uh, step up from what they saw last week in Murrayfield. Mentioned there the Irish representative representatives last weekend or last Saturday there. Tag Byrne, one of them, great try, looked pretty impressive, didn't he? You know, he must be obviously a lot to play for before the test, but he must be really putting his hand up. And also Jack Conan there, a guy people maybe thought wouldn't make this Lions tour. He looked good as well, didn't he? He did. I was remiss in not mentioning Jack beforehand. I thought he had a really positive game before he uh, he came off with what thankfully is only a slight injury. And and Falatau, who came on to replace him, I thought had a poor game. Missed a number of tackles. Didn't really bring anything in attack. Um, so I think Jack's got a great shot at that because they're going to need really strong ball carriers. Um, you know, CJ Stander like ball carriers in that back row, and he's selecting balance back, as in Gatlin is selecting balance back rows, and I really like that. And what I mean by that, they've got genuine open side flankers. Uh, they've got a, a number eight that is a really big ball carrier and sixes that bring huge physicality to the game in offence and defence. And, and so that he's going to stick to that balance of the back row, which I believe is the correct one when you take on South Africa. Uh, you know, Hamish Watson at that open side role this week has been selected. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see how he goes against the Africans. Australia have a very good record against South Africa during the Pocock-Hooper era because they played a genuine open side flanker against the South Africans. And it does disrupt them. Richie McCaw showed that uh, for years against the South Africans. So I, I think they're on the right track. Boom was, was fantastic. I thought he had a great game. Uh, he even kicked the ball beautifully, which I completely goes against every philosophy I have with forwards kicking the ball in a game. But it was a great kick and he did it well and executed it brilliantly, but never do it again. But it was, uh, he, he certainly is playing really well. I, I actually always thought Gatlin was going to pick Courtney Laws because of his physicality. I mean, Courtney is just such a, a boost of a man around the field and he's going to need something like that against uh, the South Africans. I believe that that. Both Laws and Byrne will make the Test 23, but they're in head-to-head -head conflict on who starts and who's on the bench because both can play six and both can play second row. So it really gives them this luxury of, of having two second rowers on their bench or a second row and a flanker. So it gives them a lot of flexibility to, to their game, but also to their line-out. Both of them are very good line-out jumpers. So... I think they're in a, a fighting match for the six or the 19 jersey. I think Burns in front from that performance right now, but Courtney Laws is a, is a wonderful player. But I think Burns in front of him now. Long way to go till we know from the test side. But, but in both uh, Conan and Burns are in healthy positions. Moving on to this Saturday against the Emirates Lions. Confusing, isn't it? He's picked that team this morning. Stuart Hogg leads the side. Interesting, you know, he's Exeter actually dropped him there for the semi-final and the final in the yeah. Gallagher Premiership. So what do you make of that? Is that sort of a confidence booster or does Gatlin really rate Stuart Hogg? What, what do you think about that? Well, it's, it's interesting. Like during the Six Nations, I thought Stuart Hogg had that fullback role absolutely rusted on. Like he, he had a very, very good Six Nations. Um, now, I'm, I'm, I'm not so sure 
that's that Stuart mightn't have got pretty tired towards the end of the year. It's been a long season for those guys. And people have to remember fullbacks and scrum halves cover incredible distances in games. Like they're they're at top speed sprinting on more occasions than any other player on the field. And I just wonder if that's taken its toll on Stuart, but maybe a couple of weeks off uh, or, or not playing 80 minutes every week might have done him a little bit of good in the long run. Um, we'll see. The fact that he picked Liam Williams last week at fullback was very interesting. I think he'll pick very tall men in his, on, his, on the wings, which would put Williams there. And, you know, I'd be very interested to see how Zamet Reese goes this week. I think he, he, again, at the end of the Six Nations, we all thought he'd make it. You know, whether he keeps Hogg at fullback or Liam Williams there, time will tell. But there's no doubting Hogg's quality. His ability to kick the ball long distances, again, at altitude from fullback, I think is invaluable. Um, but the fact he wasn't made captain uh, and, and tells us that his role in the team is not locked in. When I say captain to a captain, he's captain for this week. And I'm sure Farrell will captain a midweek side or another game as well. But, but to, not so, to select Connor in front of him tells us that Hogg is not in the form that Gatlin wants him in. And, uh, you know, coaches send messages in different ways. And he and Farrell got sent a big message. You know, your, your form right now is not good enough to be captain of the Lions, so I'm going with an, another captain. And, and that's, that's smart coaching, you know, because we're going to see this week what Stuart Hogg can do. I'm, I'm actually pretty confident that he'll, he'll get in the starting side. Uh, I really like him as a player. I know, he, I think he can get a little bit ahead of himself at times, a little bit of the rock star-ish, you know, he's got his hair dyed, does a few things like that, and Instead of real, but when he's really focused on his game, he's a quality footballer. Let's hear from him, Nile. Um, for me, it's a it's a huge, huge honour. I think uh, you know, as a kid growing up, you watched all the different Lions DVDs and videos, and and you know, I had the dream of of representing them one day. But to be given the opportunity to captain the side is um, is absolutely amazing. Uh, I'm I'm over the moon. I'm uh, delighted with it, with the opportunity. Um, you know, a huge amount of confidence. Uh, you know, putting me to to lead this lead this side. But for me, it becomes a lot easier when you've got a lot of experience within the squad as well. So I'm um, I'm hugely excited for the challenge. I spoke to my parents early on in the week and and told them the news. Um, I, I couldn't keep it to myself for for that long. So I told my parents and my brother uh, and obviously my wife. Um, so absolutely delighted with that and. You know, for me, I'll I'll probably pick up the phone to Alman over the next few days and and pick his brains. Um, you know, obviously bitterly disappointed for for Alman and picking up an injury, but he'll still have a, a huge impact on on this tour in terms of what he's done in the last few weeks uh, and what he'll do moving forward as well. It's just the, the the type of guy that he is. He's an absolute legend of the game. So um, I'll definitely definitely be picking his brains. That's for sure. I think the fact. He was dropped by Rob Baxter at Exeter recently there. Will help him or will that knock his confidence? It, it can go either way, Stu. It can go either way. You know, Bob Dwyer, a great Wallaby coach, used to say that sometimes the best thing for a first grader is second grade. In other words, you, can, you get a reaction out of an athlete saying, well, I'm going to prove you wrong. You know, this is a disgrace. I shouldn't be here. And that's, as a coach, that's what you want. You want him to react and I want to prove you wrong. Sometimes you could you get the opposite reaction where they lose confidence and drop into their shell. Now look, he's on a different uh, different team, Lions Tour, 
down in South Africa, clean slate. Uh, he, he knows he's a good player. It's not, he's been a quality player for a number of years. I, I think he's the sort of guy that can bounce back and bounce back strongly. Four players in the starting team make their Lions debut. Lewis Ray Summit, Chris Harris, Johnny Hill and Hamish Watson. It's going to be a pretty good afternoon for them and their families, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. A couple of interesting ones there. You know, Watson, I think, has a great opportunity. He's such an athletic man. Hill, I really like. Um, I, I, I actually think he's going to be a bolter into that second row. Um, I, I actually would have him there right now in front of Maro Toje. I, I think the Saracens boys coming. You really there, think he's that good, Matt, do you? I do. I, for the South Africa. For South Africa. Like, at his best, Maro Toje is probably the best second rower in the world. But he hasn't been at his best since the World Cup. Uh, and that's because he was loyal to Saracens. They dropped the, to the English Championship, the second division. He stuck with them. Now, I really admire that about the Saracens boys. I take my hat off to them. That's, 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 we don't see that much in, in professional sport. But these guys love the club and respect the club that much that they wanted to dig them out of that hole. But all those boys' um, form has suffered. And Atoje has suffered. He gave away just a ridiculous amount of penalties in the Six Nations. You can't do that at a top level in rugby. You certainly won't be able to do it against the Africans. I mean, their goal kicking is just, you know, punching at 90%. They'll lose the test if he does that. So he's got a, he's got a fight in his hands. Henderson's throwing down the towel. It's going to be also interesting who they put as a specialist second rower at tight head. And that, that's where Hill and Atoje and Henderson are going to fight it out. Who's going to provide the power for the scrum as a specialist tight head second rower? And that's a, it's a really big aspect of the game that's overlooked by a lot of people. So second rowers aren't just in the air. Scrum time. 2009, everyone goes back. If you have a look at the first test in 2009, they got their scrummaging second rowers. They picked two loose head second rowers put them in against South Africa and we got pushed off the ball. Scrum got pushed around. Everyone blamed the, top, the tight head prop at the time, which was really unfair. Well, they agree, yeah. Yep, they, they got the second rowers right. I think it was Alan Wynne-Jones came in and their scrum went well. But it wasn't just the prop. It's your, it's, your, it's your second rowers as well. So, you know, Henderson scrummage really, really well behind um, uh, Furlong the other day. This week, we'll, we'll, we'll learn a lot more. We'll know a bit more. So I think the scrummaging is obviously going to be asked some, some new questions by a much bigger pack. But that's a, that's a very, very big issue. Lots of interesting selections across the park. As we said, Hamish Watson uh, has uh, really got a big, uh, a big opportunity as well. So, again, a, a fascinating game. Be tough enough now. That's going into to Joburg at altitude, your first game. You know, that's hard. That's the, the last 20, it's like they're, they're going to be like they're running in, uh, in cement. It's, it's wet cement. It's really, really difficult. Be, they need to have a good cushion come the 60-minute mark. <laughs> Believe me, I've, I've been there. It's, it's not pleasant. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The halfbacks, the Scottish halfbacks in this case, Ali Price and Finn Russell. We'll get to see Russell. <laughs> see yeah. how he gets on. Can he control the game? Or they look to go wide. It's going to be really interesting to see how Finn gets on, isn't it? It is. Um, I, I, I hate to say he has to curb his natural game. That, that's not right. He's, he, but he's got to make better decisions. Like he, he, uh, the guy's an attacker. He's a, he's a real talent. But you, you still, as a 10, part of your role is to manage the game. And that means looking at the scoreboard, looking at the clock, how long to go, what's the score, what's my decision. And during the Six Nations, he did some really brilliant things, but he also made some absolutely atrocious decisions. You know, he tripped, he got, he got a sin binning for tripping. He, with, with seconds to go against England when they were up, he took a mad attempt to drop goal. Like, there was no need to do that. He did some really immature and un unworthy decisions of his talent. His talent is so much above those type of decisions. Now, you don't want to go out and say, naughty boy, never do that again. But if he wants to make the test side, he has to prove to everyone, his teammates and the coaches, that he's matured to get his obvious talent into the game, but also to make quality decisions according to the scoreboard, their position on the field and the clock. And, and that's what good tens do. So, so it's all, all well and good to have the talent, but you, you've got you to do something else with it. You know, Price must be feeling very unlucky. I actually thought he might have started the tests. But uh, I think everyone in the world was delighted to hear that Conor Murray was captain except Price. <laughs> he must have said, oh, you're kidding me. <laughs> so he's... He's hoping to fly and go back home. Yeah, well, he's he's hoping to get jersey number twenty. You know, like he'll get that pinned up on his wall with a number against the wall. So all I can see is the, the front of it. But I think number nine just dropped off his scale. He's fighting for the reserve bench now. But he's he's also a player that showed a lot of improvement this year, and he's a quality footballer. You know, he'll he'll do well on the tour. The man outside Russell Owen Farrell, first game on the tour at twelve. What do you yeah. make of that, Matt? Yeah, uh, I again, we're, we're coaches send messages. He's saying, you're, if you're going to make the test side right now, it's going to be at 12. He's hardly played 10 since the World Cup. And when he did in the Six Nations, he did not play well. Again, I'm a great supporter of Owen Farrell. He's brave, he's talented, he's hard nosed, he's everything you want in a player to take on the lines. We've seen that over the years, you know, against, against New Zealand, against Australia, in, in Six Nations at the World Cup. 
the, the guy's a winner. The guy's a serial winner. And he's a tough human being. And that's what you need. But again, his loyalty to Saracens has really knocked him around. I would have said 12 months ago, he's, he was close to captain, if not a shoe-in to the Six Nations, but to the, uh, to the uh, Lions test side. But that's not the case anymore because he hasn't played well. He made a lot of bad decisions in the Six Nations and he's got a lot to prove. He can prove it, but he's got a lot to prove because I think the outside centre position, I, I still, I'm, I'm unclear on Gatlin's thinking. And why, why I say that is Robbie Henshaw was the best 12 at the Six Nations, uh, al along with uh, Gail Ficou from France. They're both outstanding. Now, you would normally say Henshaw's at, at 12, but they haven't picked a really great 13, in my opinion. I don't, the 13s they've picked, you know, uh, uh, pretty ordinary like leaving Gary Ringrose out really shocked me so by picking Aki Henshaw and uh, also Owen Farrell you've picked three 12s one of them's got to go to 13 uh, and I, I think that there's a shot for Farrell at 12 with Henshaw at 13 and there's a shot for Aki at 12 with Henshaw at 13 I don't think there's a shot for Aki at 13 if Henshaw is 12 I don't think the Scottish boy who's picked this week is up to it at 13 at the test level. So it's a, we're going to learn a lot about that. But there's a lot of pressure on Farrell, a lot of pressure on Farrell, because the, the other part of that is who does he pick at 10? Right now, it's Dan Bigger. Now, a lot of people are saying that's ridiculous, that's impossible. That's the way it is at the moment. So if they've got Bigger, they can put Farrell back to their bench because he covers 12 and 10. And he's a goal kicker. So if something happens to Bigger, they got, it, they got it covered in a number of ways. So he becomes a very valuable bench player. But I, I don't know if he's starting. His form doesn't warrant him starting. So, But they will pick on form over these warm-up games. So he's got a shot, but he's behind compared to the others at the moment. If we bring it back into the pack this weekend, there's five English uh, test starters in there that are pretty big boys. Is that what we're sort of looking at for Warren's game plan going into, you know, this tour in general? Is it just give it to the heavies and carry, or do you think South Africa will meet them and they'll need to do something different? I think the latter, Stu, I think South Africa will meet them, but you've got to do something different. But to meet South Africa physically is no mean feat. He is going to pick the biggest, most physical, aggressive, players that are in form without doubt that's why I was before the team was picked I kept saying to everyone he's going to pick Courtney Laws everyone said oh he's this he's that he said mate he's going to pick Courtney Laws because that's what Courtney Laws is he's a big aggressive beast he's not without skill but if Laws was on two feet he was going to pick him Toje you would have said hands down he'll and and that's that that six Four and five, they're big, big human beings. Furlong's the best carrier in the front row is there. He's in that side. Who goes into one and two, eight and seven, is still really up for grabs. There's a fight there. But they are, your six, four and five are going to be very big, physically aggressive human beings. So it's, it's very, very interesting how they're going to do that, as is his bench. Because at altitude, you're going to need your bench. You're going to have to use your bench, maybe from the 50-minute mark. 
there's going to be some some interesting measurements on how and when they replace. So yes, physical, but if if all they bring is physicality, South Africa will boot them off the park. They've got to bring, they've got to attack the space that South Africa leave you. So that they condense their line in defence and they charge. There's space behind and space on the end. But then when South Africa have the ball, you've got to stop them on the line and can't keep giving them ground and penalties. Because all South Africa are going to do, they're going to scrummage, they're going to kick for distance and then have a kick for penalty goal. That's how they've won the mall as well. That's how they've won three World Cups. They don't play rugby like we would like them to play. But it's highly effective rugby under the laws as they stand. It's quite boring, but it's highly effective. So to match that, you've got to be at least as good as they are at the physical stakes. And that, it's easy for me to say uh, it's very hard to do because they are really, really big, hard, strong men. Speaking of South Africa, they play their first game tomorrow night since that Rugby World Cup final victory in Tokyo in 2019 against England. They take on Georgia. It's going to be an interesting head out. There's some familiar faces there with Andre Pollard and Franz Steen. And Willie LaRue, but they also have a few new caps looking to make a bit of a statement from the bench. I, th I think they're just trying to give their guys as much game time as possible. They'll know who's played in their interprovincial games, you know, the, the Curry Cup down there and the games within South Africa. But having not played international rugby, since the World Cup final, that's a really big negative. They've, they've got to play their big men. They've, they've got to play some guys, try and get them, you know, two games. I would not be surprised if they if they did that. Um, I think they must have had a little trip via Lourdes as well because there seemed to be some miracle recoveries from COVID. Um, you know, like, <laughs> I'm not sure of the medical protocols there. but that African dust, wasn't that? Hey, I'm glad he's not my doctor. Let me put it that way. It's... Um, it's, yeah, it's pretty amazing, isn't it? I mean, anyway, the less we say about that, probably the better because we, we don't know. But it, it, a week ago, if you would have said these games are going ahead, where everyone said no chance these games are going ahead with that, but they are. And tells you tells you something about South African rugby, but it tells you they're also desperate to play. This, I actually think the Lions are an advantage because they've played a lot more rugby, a lot more international rugby and a lot more high-level rugby over the last 12 months than the Africans. Now, the internal competition in South Africa are fierce. They are fierce. There's no two ways about it. But it's still not international. And the play of the, the Lions was a combination of four countries. I mean, you, you're kicking it up another couple of notches. So the Africans will be doing everything they can to try and get physical game time. The Georgians are physical. They won't pose much of a tactical um, threat to them, but they will come at them. They've got some big guys and they do run hard. They've got a bit of talent. We saw that a couple of years ago here. They're equal equal to the Italians in certain ways. They're probably in front of them in their in their forwards, in, in others. So they'll, they won't test South Africa, but they'll be a good hit out for South Africa. Um, do you think uh, two games is enough for the World Champions map no, going into no. a test series? Yeah, no, I, I would have said no. Um, well, you look at the Lions, the Lions, you know, warm up at home and, and the, the three or four there, you know, depending, hopefully we get through the COVID, the, the four provinces and, and South Africa, A, um, you know, that's, that's just perfect for what you need. I, I think the South Africans would have liked uh, three or four minimum 
to get everyone in their side to see who's your best team, then play your best team maybe once or twice beforehand. Um, it, it's, prob it's probably almost like the old days, the amateur days, where you know a touring team would come along and the local uh, national side wouldn't have any warm-up games. They just had to go out and test one without any warm-up games. So it's, it's a little bit like that. Now, they're playing the Georgia's twice, we'll give them a bit. But it's, it's certainly, again, like the old days, that the touring team had the advantage uh, in, in the amateur days because the, the national teams couldn't get together and play others, the size of the nation that was hosting. Now, that hasn't been the case for 25 years since we went professional. I think it's the case again now that the touring team are definitely in an advantage with the way the games are, uh, or the itinerary is structured. And finally, what are you most looking forward to see from the Lions this Saturday? And it's a big marker, or it's a big day for the likes of Hamish Watson to put a marker down, isn't it? And a couple of other the new caps. I, I think every one of these warm-up games is going to be a different layer of revelation for us. So, you know, we, we've learned so much just from the, the Japanese game, but we, we haven't got all the answers yet. We've only got a few answers and maybe some more questions than answers uh, about, about who's going to play where. I think what we will know at the end of the game against, uh, against the Gauteng Lions there, the South African Lions, is that we will know more about guys in positions who now looks like firming up for test sides. And then the next part is, who do they select for the next game? Because they may very well go straight to a test team and A, another team from this Saturday. So they might play A, another Saturday week and they might play the test team on, on, the, on the Wednesday or vice versa. Some of these guys might have to back up because they want them to get some cohesion. They want them to move forward as quickly as they can. Uh, it'll be a, no, no, I don't think all the selections will be based on just two games, but they've got to start forming a test team very, very shortly. Uh, they might have one more game before they do that. It'll be interesting. But uh, like all these Lions tours, they're a progression. They're so great. It's not like, it's not like uh, New, the New Zealanders coming over and going to Europe. We pretty much know who the New Zealand test team is. We pretty much know who the South African and the Wallaby teams are. Lions teams evolve on the tours and all the guys that go on the tours will tell you that. There's always a bolt. There's always two or three guys to the beginning of the tour. You never thought that they would make the test side. Eric Miller in, in 97, you know, no one thought he was going to make the test side. You know, even Brian O'Driscoll in 2001, no one had any idea Brian was going to be the revelation he was on that tour. So, so there's always a couple of guys that move along on the tour. They just grow and they develop. So that, that's, and this tour is going to be the same. So it's each week we're going to know a bit more. And that, that's what's exciting about Lions tours. And, and on, Vos, on the other side of that, we'll, we'll learn a little bit more about the Africans because they've been locked away for so, so long because of COVID. So it's a, it's a really interesting 48 hours on Friday and, uh, and Saturday. It's going to be great, Matt. Thanks very much for your time. Pleasure, Stu.
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Market.